This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Allison, and I hope you are having a great week. This week is going to be a little different, and it's going to be in two parts. It is a conversation with historian, teacher, and my friend Ryan Pryor, who you guys have heard from before, about the Bay of Pigs invasion. So I hope you enjoy part one, starting now. And here I am, joined with Ryan Pryor. Joined with Ryan Pryor? Yeah. Joined by Ryan Pryor. And here I am, joined by Ryan Fryer. That's why you're here to teach me today. How, let's how do, many, a, let's how do many, an English lesson before. How many whiskey sours have you had? I've had uh, a sip of one, so mm. <laughs> that's just me. Okay, that's so good. So he is here to talk with us all about the Bay of Pigs. He is the Bay our of favorite. Pigs. Yes, our I've favorite my, history teacher. I've got my glass here. This is the Morning Dove glass. Oh, that's a nifty one. I've it's got a, here um, a... 2020 pass holder 25th anniversary food and wine festival from walt disney world oh okay very good <laughs> yep. oh oh yep. yep he's on there flipping some food so look at that yeah i like i'm a big fan of novelty glasses yeah i think they add a flair they do to your to your beverage consumption they do they make it taste um, better okay i love it so Yes, it does. It does make it taste better. Today, mm-hmm. I'm drinking a little George Dickel single barrel with uh, San Pellegrino. Today, I'm drinking some Jack Daniels whiskey with some kind of low-carb, sugar-free sh- sour mix from the grocery store. So we do like our sour mash whiskeys. We do what we do. And yeah, bourbon, yeah. that's from another state. They can get they can GTFO, they as can. I like to say. That's right. That's so, right. Speaking of GTFO. Speaking of GTFO. (laughs) The Bay of Pigs. You know what's funny? And I'm going to fully admit this. Up until like a year ago, the most thing I knew about the Bay of Pigs invasion was from the Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire. Hmm. Where he just says. I don't think I've heard that one, unfortunately. You've never heard We Didn't. Hold on. I'm going to insert a clip right here. Okay, now you've heard it. <laughs> it's, yes, it's, you know, Bay of Pigs Invasion. Fun fact about that song, and I know this is not a Billy Joel podcast, but shouldn't it be? Now it is. Um, now it is. He actually, that song is a serious, you, the fact that you've never heard We Didn't Start to Fire is really interesting to me. Um, I'd like to find the hole that you were living in for 20 years. Mm. Um, but the uh, We Didn't Start the Fire is a series of things that happened between the 1950s and the 1970s. And fun fact about that song, he sat down and wrote out the song, and it was it's, he he was like it was like the whole point was to do it in chronological order, and he did it right the first time. Oh. Like he wrote out all the events as he was writing the song, and he didn't have to go back and fix it because he actually got all the. It's like several events that happened. It's talking about we didn't start the fire, and he wrote it all out. Did not have to do a rewrite. Oh man, people like so, that just make me mad. Like it's Will, like William why, Joel. Why, where's my talent? Where is my brain? Why we're doing I it do right that? now. Well, I know, but I'd have to like, I have to study. I have to relook up. I have to that's think of okay. days. That's okay. I know. To each their that's own. Okay. It's fine. But that's why mm. you're here. 
You are here That's to take why us I'm through here. and teach us. My six years of education on this, on this, on in, in this area. Here I am to talk about the Bay of Pigs. So, other than the Billy Joel song, if you're new to the Bay of Pigs, welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is often as a foreign policy event overshadowed, of course, by what other event? The Cuban Missile Crisis. People often forget about the Bay of Pigs or don't know much about it because of the interactions between John F. Kennedy and Cuba, Fidel Castro, um, it's really the, it's set, it's placed second fiddle. Um, of course, a plug for some of your, for your earlier podcast from a couple of months ago, we did a wonderful two-part episode, or you did a wonderful two-part episode that I was a part of. It was you, you can take credit. And so <laughs> technically this is, this is an, this is like a prequel, because um, this takes place in, place in 1961, and the, uh, the the Cuban Missile Crisis takes place in, in 1962. So gotcha. if you're trying to, you know, put it, dear listeners, if you're trying to put this chronologically in your brain, you're, we're going back in time, mm-hmm. okay? I think you, so, say, you say, too, if you haven't heard those episodes, you say at some point in there, like, oh, and this is when the Bay of Pigs happened, so maybe right. go back, listen to that, and then when he says that, bring in this episode and then go back around. So I'm going to leave that up to them, however they want to do it. It's a good, it's a good it's, path. It's That's kind of like that argument, do you watch the Star Wars, do you watch them in chronological order, or do you watch them in order of, by order of, like, yeah, I'm going to lose listeners for this. I've never seen all of Star Wars, and my husband is very irritated about it. I know it's bad. It's bad. Um, but You're killing he me, would say that you start. Wait, no, what would he say? It's like four, five, six, one, two, three, y- y- yes. something like that. Yes. Yeah, I've heard him argue it so many times that I can't remember. I, I, I would them. argue, I would also, I would argue that you watch them as from when they were released, mm-hmm. like in the actual history. And that's just because. It's important to see the progression. And you can just skip the ones that came out in the last five years because those are terrible. Um, oh, those are the ones everyone loves. No, they do. No, they not. No, no. Are you talking okay, about like gonna, the 90s ones? No, the 90s ones are. No, those are the prequels and those are awesome. Like Natalie but, Portman? Yes. Okay. Those are fantastic. In fact, I'm a giant. Pre- this is not a podcast about the prequels or Billy Joel. This is a podcast about John F. Kennedy. I'm sure there's some fans out there of all these topics, though. It's fine. Next time we're gonna do a whole. I just want Q and A's on what are your what are your thoughts <laughs> on the Star Wars cinematic universe. Honestly, I'm gonna get Jeffrey on here for that one. Y'all can talk. <laughs> I'll take a break. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So John F. Kennedy is is inaugurated January of 1961. Bay of Pigs happens in April 1961. Actually, it's the 50 year anniversary this month. Of, mm. No, 60 year 60 year anniversary this month. Of the Bay of Pigs invasion. Wow. Yeah. But as always, I'm a history teacher, and I tell my kids this. Why do we learn history? There's obviously the the quote that I like to bring up from Faulkner, but the other reason we learn history, the biggest reason we learn history is to give context to our lives. Okay? So whenever we're talking about anything, I always have to give, we have to give context. We have to give context to it, because you can't understand a historical event if you don't understand what happened before it or what happened after it. That's true. So, my favorite word is coming up. We're going to do a prelude. Prelude. I really loved that when you did that the last time. <laughs> That's why I wanted it. to make sure. It get, I think that should be a thing for me. I'm no, really happy it about it. I'm literally I love it. it. Prelude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we got to go back to the, the, the end of the Second World War in, 19, in the 1950s. So, 
Right, right. End of the end of the Second World War, the peace treaties are signed between the Japanese, the the former Third Reich, and uh, all of a sudden, America's enemies are no longer the Nazis and the Japanese, but rather the Soviets. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that, of course, is 1947 is the sort of the official beginning of the Cold War, and um, the the sort of original concept of how to fight the Soviet Union in this new kind of war, this Cold War, this war that if you it actually gets hot, if you actually fight the war, it's going to lead to thermonuclear disaster because of the, the because of the atomic bomb. So, the United States is kind of following under this idea of a domino theory, okay? A domino theory. The idea is that while we can't stop the Soviet Union from being communist, if other nations become communist, it will lead to a domino theory where one falls and hits the other and so on and so forth like a domino, like a group of dominoes. Yeah, that makes sense. And this is how the United States basically operates in terms of its... its, its foreign policy throughout the 1950s, throughout the 1960s, and into the 1970s, okay? Um, In particular, what the United States and the Soviet Union try to do is to operate or create spheres of influence, okay? There's that terminology called spheres of influence, Mm -hmm. okay? Basically, they're trying to create regions where communism exists, if you're the Soviet Union, or regions where capitalism, democracy, these are things so again, to prevent the domino theory from happening, they're operating under this idea of spheres of influence, okay? Okay. And the reason that we have to talk about that is because the biggest sphere of influence for the United States was, of course, the Western Hemisphere, North and South America. Operating under these auspices, the Eisenhower administration had gotten very, very close to a guy by the name, and I love this name, a guy by the name of Fulgencio Batista. Mm. Fulgencio. We need more. We need more more Fulgencios. (laughs) We need more Fulgencios. Now, Fulgencio Batista, as a man, kind of a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a he was a dictator, um, but he was very very friendly to the United States. So he he had he had overthrown the Cuban government during the 1950s, but very very friendly to the United States. Uh, He allowed. Uh, American casinos to operate. In fact, there's this very famous scene from The Godfather Part 2. Please tell me you've seen The Godfather Part 2. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold in my rage. Uh, <laughs> the Godfather Part 2 where um, the... Uh, I'm not... I don't, I, it's too complicated to explain. But basically, the main characters of The Godfather are... Uh, Michael Corleone is trying to sort of own and operate a casino... And actually, what ends up happening, interestingly enough, is they're there during the fall of Fulgencio Batista, but we'll get there in a second. Um, Fulgencio Batista, again, terrible dictator, very oppressive, but friendly to the United States. At the time of his reign, the United States had access to like 80% of Cuban sugar and cattle production. So not only was it, he was an economic friend of the United States, he was a political friend. He was very rapidly anti-capitalist, or anti-communist, I'm sorry. And uh, as you might be aware, he did not last very long as the dictator of Cuba because along comes a young, cigar-smoking, bearded, charismatic communist by the name of Fidel Castro. All right? And that's pause. That's, Doesn't he look just like Liam Neeson to you? 
No. No, I'm serious. He's a twin to Liam Neeson. I cannot be the only one. DM me if you agree with me. Twins. Isn't that the guy from Taken? Yes. Oh, twins. Also, yeah. I can't be the only one. To uh, also, that. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh, also there. But no, DM me if you agree. Okay. He was Qui Gon Jinn. He's been a lot of things. Um, yeah. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's great. Is this a podcast about Liam Neeson? No, Billy I'm Joel, just saying they and, look alike. No, I'm actually. I'm just saying. I think this is where you need to go next. I think you pick up a whole new audience. But anyway, um, and uh, and Fidel Castro comes to power uh, on, on January first, nineteen fifty nine. Okay, he leads a violent revolution. It takes a long time, he, but he and this is also, by the way, in the Godfather Part Two. You can see all of this as a part of the cinematic universe of the Godfather. Um, and uh, I actually like this. And I don't know whether you should make this the, I don't know if you should make this the title of one of your podcasts, but I think it's cool. Fidel's uh, Fidel Castro's like uh, tagline catchphrase during this time was Cuba C, Yankee No. So Cuba C, comma Yankee No. And he bet Yankee, so Y-N-Q-U-I. And basically, he came to power saying, like, not only is Batista an incredible dictator, bad for the people of Cuba, but also the Americans are taking advantage of us. We we are not gaining things from being uh, allied or being connected to the United States, to to the Yankees. And, And so he takes power. There's a whole, there's a whole, I mean, that's a whole thing. In fact, there's a great museum in Havana called the Museum of the Revolution. You told us about that. Yes. And we can learn all about this. Um, Thankfully, hopefully the new, our current administration, our new presidential administration will be more friendly to the, to a Cuban American relations. um, And we'll be able to go back there much more easily. Um, So why is this a problem? Why is it a problem that now there's a young charismatic communist in Cuba? Spheres of influence, right? Well, guess what? Cuba's 90 miles from Key West. Mm-hmm. All right? That's too close to our sphere. Our sphere has been violated. And the United States can't have that. Mm-hmm. So starting on January 1st, 1959, and by the way, Eisenhower is still president, of course, at this time. Right. They immediately begin plans to try to figure out how to depose Castro. Um. And the CIA comes to Eisenhower and says, we have an idea. We're going to go, we're going to, like, we have ideas. And Eisenhower approves something like $13 million, which at the time is an exorbitant amount of money, mm-hmm. um, to say, okay, how do we figure out how to overthrow Castro? So it, it's going on for two years before JFK even shows up on the scene. Meanwhile, guess what's happening? Castro is buddying up to the Soviets. Castro is starting to sell the sugar and cattle instead of selling it to the United States. He's selling to the Soviets. Mm-hmm. All right, he's making friends with the, with the Kremlin. And that is very, very worrisome to a, a Cold War anti-communist United States who is terrified that their sphere has become a part of the domino. Add on top of it that Fidel Castro is also talking to all these other Central American nations, South American nations, and saying like, hey, we got a good thing going here. Why don't you join us? Why don't we all get together and be communists together? That's an oversimplification of the thing. But that's a scary thing if you're the United States. And so that's sort of where we're at. And, and of course, in 1960, you have the election of 1960, which we've also done a, a wonderful episode on, I think, uh, back in November. Seems like a million years ago. It does. But that's a great episode. If you're new to the podcast and haven't listened to it, mm-hmm. that was a yeah, good two-parter. That one. That was fun. You can hear the palpable anxiety in our voices. Um, or at least in mine. Yeah, mine too. It's a good thing we didn't film those 
Because mm-hmm. I was looking rough. Plot twist, we did film them. I have them on my desktop right now. So, and this actually is a, a part of, technically you can connect this, like I said, all a part of the context. Because one of the things that Nixon uses against Kennedy during the election of 1960 is that he won't have the ability to deal with the, with the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is not strong enough, basically. He's, they were basically, he will be a weak, he will be weak when it comes to fighting communism around the world. That was one of sort of the, a big thing that they used against uh, JFK during that election. And so JFK comes into office having something to prove. And that's kind of where this story doesn't start, but where this story is at the moment of January 20th, 1961, which is the day that Kennedy uh, takes office. And he is, again, presidents don't get a day off. They get one day to celebrate, and then the next day, it, they're on the job. Mm-hmm. And so this, all this stuff lands on Kennedy's desk the day after. Remember I said earlier in the episode, January 20th, April is when the Bay of Pigs happened, Okay. January to April. So January, February, March, three months. Like literally think about January being, feels like yesterday and now exactly. we're in April. Same exactly. difference. Yeah. So same difference. A- exact same difference. Okay. And so honestly, that's how, that, that would be hard for any president, right? You, 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 the, 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 your country is gripped by fear because of the Cold War. And the, all of a sudden there's a communist country 90 miles from you. Right. And remember that at this time, the American people and the American government is thoroughly convinced that, like, again, this theory of the domino effect, one country falls, all the countries fall. And again, it's a war in their minds for an ideological survival. Now, we know, la- we know now, in hindsight, that that maybe not have been the whole truth. But at the time, it's the real. It's the real, real. And mm-hmm. so that's where we are. And so this is where we, we move past the prelude. Prelude. To the interlude. Interlude. That's all for today, guys. Make sure you're subscribed to catch part two that will be released next week. Make sure you check out all the links in the show notes. That's to my Instagram to follow, my recommendations, my merch shop, all the things. If you like the podcast, please rate it five stars and write a positive written review. And I will talk to you guys next week. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.